Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. We are sharing about this morning about the works of the Lord. I'm going to be preaching uh, about I Know Thy Works. This is the last uh, Sunday I am sharing about this. Revelations chapter 2 verse 1. Unto the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These things saith he which holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, but are not, and hast found them to be liars. Amen. Uh, In Revelation chapter 2, verse 9, verse 8, Unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, these things say the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works, amen, and thy tribulation. And verse 13, uh, verse 12, first, and the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he which has the sharp sword with two edges. And verse 13 says, I know thy works again, and where thou dwellest. Uh, God knows your works. He knows the works of every believer. Hallelujah. And uh, Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, These things saith the Son of God, who has uh, his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works. Amen. Tell the person sitting next to you, God is saying, I know thy works. Now please turn to chapter 14. Chapter 14. And let's uh, read a very powerful scripture right there. We are going to read from verse 12, please. Verse 12 of Revelations, chapter 14. Verse 12. All right, Revelation is the last book in the Bible. In case you are lost. Verse, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Verse 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. From henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their cars do follow them. Their houses do follow them. Their dresses do follow them. Their bank accounts do follow them. Their friends do follow them. What follows them? Their works follow them. So, your works are very, very important. Amen. Can I have some volume here, please? Are you lowering me? Your works are very, very important to God. Now, when I was not a born-again Christian, or perhaps when I was growing up and I, I thought of God, I always imagined the judgment seat of God to be a big chair with somebody sitting in and then in front of him a weighing scale with two sides of the scale. One side would be labeled, have you seen the weighing scale I'm talking about? One side would be labeled good works and the other side would be labeled bad works. 
So my good works would be put in one side and my bad works would be put on the other side. And depending on which one weighed more, I would go to heaven or hell. So if my good works were more than my bad works, then I would go to heaven. And if my bad works were more than my good works, I would go to hell. So I always imagine that God was measuring me or assessing me every day. And every day, the good things that I do were adding to my good works. And the bad things that I did were adding to my bad works. And at the end of my life, all the good works would be put on one side and all the bad works would be put on the other side. And it would be balanced out. And then, hopefully, my good would be more than my bad. And if my good is more than my bad, I'll go to heaven. Many people think that way. If it's equal, I go to purgatory, and then I go and wait for some time there. And when things are okay, and people have prayed for me enough on earth, I will be taken to heaven. Can you hear me at the back? If you can hear me at the back, please lift up your hand. Okay. Upstairs, can you hear me? Can you hear me upstairs? All right. Now, that is not the case. You do not go to heaven because of the number of good works you have done. No. The, the, Bible, the Bible says, and let's turn to it quickly in Ephesians chapter 2, that we are not saved by our works. Contrary to what people think, you know, like, oh, I was the minister of uh, education while in my term. I established four schools and I did this and I did that and I did that. I didn't steal money. I didn't do that. I didn't. So I have done enough good works and I'm going to go to heaven. No. The Bible specifically says that we are not saved because or by our good works. Ephesians chapter 2. Are you with me? And verse 8. It says, by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And specifically in verse 9, it says, Not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. Amen. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So, we, we are not going to go to heaven because we prayed four times a day. We are not going to go to heaven because we prayed three times a day. We are not going to go to heaven because we did not commit fornication. We did not commit uh, we did not smoke or we did not drink or because you don't, you don't drink beer. That, that's not what takes you to heaven. There are a lot of beer drinkers who are going to go to heaven. When I went to church today, they told us that we can drink beer. <laughs> that is not what I'm saying, but I am pointing out a truth to you that it's not by your works, it's not by drinking beer or not drinking beer that you get your name written in the book of life. It is by grace that you are saved. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast about it. You are not going to go to heaven because you haven't murdered anyone before. In fact, there are going to be a whole lot of murderers who you are going to find in heaven. <laughs> Moses was a murderer. He murdered somebody and he ran away. He was a wanted man in Egypt. I am very surprised that when he came back to redeem uh, Egypt, right? To, he came back to redeem Israel and he went to Egypt. Pharaoh did not arrest him immediately because he was a known murderer and he was wanted for murder. And people knew it. So, David was also another murderer. And Paul, the apostle. I know of a man who killed several people. In fact, when he was finally arrested, he had the bodies of eight people in his house. He had three skulls, and he had bodies and parts of bodies. He had human hearts in his fridge. He was a serial murderer. And this man was sentenced to life. Now, a lot of Christians became disturbed. Christians, Christians became disturbed when this man in prison gave his life to Christ. And began to get ready to go to heaven. People, people, 
were not as disturbed about the fact that he had killed so many people as to the fact that this man now seemed to be somebody who was going to be a saint and going to heaven. Somebody who had dead bodies, eight of them in his house, when he was discovered as a serial murderer. One day I'll read that story to you. Christians, we ourselves don't seem to understand what grace is. We don't seem to understand what the mercy and the love of God, it's not by works or not of works. It's his grace. By grace we are saved. We are not saved because we, we don't smoke cigars or we smoke cigars. We are saved because he loves us and we have acknowledged that he is God and that we, uh, we have received him as our Lord and our Savior. And we confess him as such. That's what makes us saved. There are a lot of Christians, charismatic Christians, who feel that, that uh, there are a lot of Catholics who are not saved. There are a lot of Catholics are born again. They may not even use the term born again. When you get to them, you're going to find a whole lot of nuns, monks, popes, uh, priests, fathers, what have you. You see them line up there singing. Because salvation is by faith in Jesus Christ. Careful now. So, brothers and sisters, it's by grace that we are saved. Now, after you are saved, God is expecting you to do certain things now that you are saved. Because the next verse after, it says, not of works. Read verse 10. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So first he tells you, you are not saved by your works. Then he says, you have now been saved unto good works. So one second he tells you, you are not getting saved because of your good work. But now that you are saved, you are expected to do a whole lot of good works. And those good works are not what are going to get you into heaven. You are already there by the grace of God, by the faith that you have in Christ Jesus, and by the blood that has been shed for you. The price has been paid. You don't have to do anything else to pay the price. The price has been paid. The bill has been settled. Somebody has paid. Somebody came and paid for you. So there's nothing else you have to do to pay the bill. But now that the bill has been paid, you have been created Unto good works, which God has before ordained that you should walk in them. So now that I am born again, there are things that I've been created to do. And these things that I'm doing are not earning me the right to go to heaven. The fact that I preach today, that's, that's not what's going to make me go to heaven. Even if I don't preach now, that's not what's going to make me go to heaven. No. Whether I preach or I don't preach, I'm going to heaven because I believe in Christ Jesus. I'm born again. I've received him as my savior. But there is going to be a judgment for believers like me and you. That judgment is the judgment seat of Christ. You see, there are different kinds of judgments. And we believers, we've got to rise up to the fact that there is going to be a judgment for what we did in our bodies as Christ, as Christians. Not whether you go to heaven or hell. There are two judgments. You see, there are two judgments. It's just like we have a tribunal and we have the high court. We have a high court, we have the supreme court. There are different places. The tribunals would be at, um, uh, what's that place there? cultural center also, there's a tribunal there, or tribunals, wherever, and then there's a court somewhere else. There are different, different kinds of people are taken to a tribunal, and different kinds of people are taken to their courts. I think they've abolished the tribunals now. Or they're trying to a- a- abolish them. Turn with me to Second Coronto, chapter 5. Now, Notice this wonderful scripture, verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, for in this we groan. Earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. He's talking about having a new body. Verse 4. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not that we would want to be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. He's saying that he's, he wishes he could get rid of 
this body, you know, he wants to have a new body. How many want to have a new body? Only four people. Okay. Verse 6. Therefore, we are always confident that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Verse 8. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Whenever you die, you are absent from the body and you are present with Jesus. So if you know somebody who is dead, who was a believer, be encouraged to know that he's just absent from the body and he's now present with the Lord. And when you die, you are going to be absent from your physical body and instantaneously present with the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll be chatting with Jesus, with angels. You'll be sitting down, playing harps, having a good time, and wondering why the people on earth are crying. Verse 9. Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Verse 10. I was telling you that there are two judgment seats. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. For what? For what? To see whether we will be taken, accepted in heaven or not? No. That everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that he has done, whether good or bad. Amen. So here, Paul is telling us clearly, we must appear before the judgment seat of Christ to be judged for the things we have, the works. That's why in the churches he kept on saying, I know thy works, I know thy works. And because that is what is being assessed. Now that you are a believer, your works are being assessed. I'm telling you, today, after today, another day has gone by in your life. And your works are being assessed. When I say works, I mean fruits. I don't mean whether you are good or bad, but your works for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right? Now, this is different from what we call the great white throne. Everybody say the judgment seat of Christ is different from the great white throne. Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. Thank you, that's fine. Just keep it that way. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. It says, And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the whole earth and heaven fled away and there was found no place for them and i saw the dead small and great stand before god and the books were open and another book was open which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works and the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Now, there is a place, a temporary constructed, temporarily constructed place called hell. Which is accommodating the souls that are going now. These people will be transferred en masse to another place called the lake of fire. We are reading, it says, death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So at this judgment seat, we are now opening the book of life. Other books, but also the book of life. And if you are not in it, you see, that's what counts. If you are not in that book of life, you are out. You are going to hell. Amen. You are going to hell. You may have been a, 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 a very good man. You may have helped the nation. You may have built a school in your village. You may be very moral, very pure. You may have been a school prefect. You may have had just one husband and just one wife. You may have been faithful. I remember one unbeliever, he told me, he said to me, Dad, since the day that I married my wife, I have been faithful to my wife. 
And he, he told me, we cannot have children. You know, we, 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 they don't have children. He said, but in spite of all the pressures, I have been faithful to my wife all these years. I'm not a believer. He's not born. He doesn't believe in Christ at all. He said to me, I've been faithful to my wife. I can tell you that. I said, wow, yeah. He said, yeah. He said, times people will be offering him, have this person. No. Faithful. But you see, that's a very good thing. But even that does not qualify you to get into heaven. Because your name must be written in the book of life. That's not the only good thing. And if I were you do all the good things, you still don't qualify. Because all our righteousness are like filthy rags before God. And the Bible said there is none righteous. No, not one. Not even one is righteous. Can I have an amen? amen. So what are we expected to do? Because, not because of the great white throne, but because of the judgment seat of Christ. These are two different courts. One is a tribunal, one is a, a supreme court. And because of the judgment seat of Christ, which we will appear before, we must be ready to answer what we did whilst we were in the body. And we will answer, every one of us. And you must be involved. That's why I'm preaching about, I know thy works. I know thy works. God knows what we are doing. And before he has ordained that we should walk in these works. Now, what are these works? The, the last time I shared with you about leadership international. Is that not so? And then I shared with you, which is our work to the, to the schools. And then I shared with you about, um, what else? Church planting and evangelism. Amen. And today I'm sharing with you about releasing workers and laborers. That is one of the works that we are involved in as a church. The release of workers and laborers. Amen. Are you listening to me? Now, the ministry of Jesus Christ is hard work. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 9. What is Matthew chapter 9? And Jesus, verse 35, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and what? Healing every sickness and every disease from among the people. Verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Verse 37. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous. Everybody say plenteous. But the church members are few. But the attendees are few. No. The, the what are few? The laborers. The laborers, those who work. Now, brothers and sisters, this is a church which is oriented towards releasing workers and laborers. Amen. Why am I preaching about this? Because this is one of the things that we are doing in this church. And if you are part of this church, you've got to know and you've got to get involved. Don't just sit there looking at me. Amen. Because I am nothing without you. I, I, you call me a pastor, but if you don't exist, I'm not a pastor. I'm only a pastor because there are people in my church. A person who is in a building is just a, a mover, somebody who's walking about in a house. He's an occupant. So without you, I'm not even a pastor. I am nothing without you. So you make me a pastor. This church is you, not the building. This building was there before the church came. This building used to be called Ofer Cinema. Alright, so it's not the building that makes it a church. It is the people in the church that make the church a church. A spear that kills a lion. It's made out of the little arrow, the little metal part that pierces the heart, and a long rod 
Without the long rod, that little arrow there would not have the balance and the ability to travel straight and long and far and then pierce the heart of the lion. So you may consider the pastor to be that little metal piece, but the long rod is the, is the church members. And without them, the pastor is nothing. You, you, you are doing nothing. Because if you were not here, I would not have people to release as workers and laborers. If you were not here, I would not have people to sing in the choir. If you were not here, I would not have people to give offerings, to finance the work of God. If you were not here, there will be no one to be ashes. There will be no one to be workers. There will be no one to do anything. So I am just one piece in the big puzzle. Amen. Now, the Bible says that the, la- the, the harvest is plenty. The laborers, not members, laborers are few. Now, I am not surprised. Most people in this church, or I don't want to say this church, but many, most people think that the ministry is not work. They think it is something, you know, like when you see a pastor's preaching, it's like, he doesn't, he, it's like it's no work. Why, 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 why do people think that way? Why, why, do, why do you think people think that the ministry is not work because they they go to church on Sundays which is their day of greatest rest so how can something that is done on a resting day be work you get it because normally everybody rests on Sunday what do you normally eat on, on Sundays bread fufu Fried rice. Red, red. Oh, okay. Omutuo. Fufu and granite soup. Jollof rice. Meat pie. Domedo. People have all sorts of things they eat on Sunday. So, and many of you, you've won your, you've won your Sunday best and, and you, are, you are relaxed and it's a, it's a morning and you've come to church at 8 o'clock and by 11 o'clock you'll be done and you, you go home and you put on your television and you press the remote and you just watch something on TV and you relax at home and you, you, you do other things and you visit somebody and what are, the, what are the films? Play soccer, go to the stadium or watch the soccer match and have a good time. Relax. And so, and the pastor, right, and we, we you, you are the ordinary member. You know that on Monday morning, man, you've got to get up. You are going to that workplace. You are going to sweat and, and get tired and toil. And you know, that pastor, you know, who, who preached on that relaxed Sunday morning, you know, when we came there between 10.30 and 11.30, you know, that guy, he is going to rest on Monday. He's resting on Tuesday, resting on Wednesday, resting on Thursday, relaxing on Friday. And then enjoying himself on Saturday. And on Sunday, he just comes for 35 minutes and he'll talk to us on a relaxed Sunday morning. Oh, man. And, and no wonder, no wonder, people would ring my wife and ask her, so your husband, he doesn't work anymore, you see. He stopped working. This is a common thought pattern for people who are not in the ministry. They don't know that there's a lot of work involved in the ministry. I have had many people, I mean, people who have met me outside Ghana, I mean, outside Ghana, telling me, they've told me, they said, Bishop, we never knew that it was like this when you travel. We, when we are at home, we, we have the feeling that you really have a good time. You know, that you, you've gone to Amsterdam and to to New York City and to Paris and to London and to Rome and to, and to Dusseldorf and to, and, to, and to Hamburg and to, and to, and to Johannesburg and, and to all those places. We really have, feel that like you have a good time and to Toronto. And... People, the ministry is one of the most difficult jobs. But I, I, I don't blame you if you think that we don't work. I don't blame you. Because the ministry work is a little different 
from your work. I'm not an, I'm not an accountant. I don't work on Mondays. I'm not a, a secretary. I don't work on Mondays. I rest on Monday. Don't ring me on Monday. I mean that. Unless it's an emergency. Don't ring any of the full-time pastors on Monday. We are resting. That's our, that's our Sabbath. Amen? Unless it's an emergency, then we'll, we'll like to hear your call. <laughs> but what makes work, work? Work is work because it has working hours. The fact that my working hours are not your working hours does not mean that I don't work. Pilots don't work at 9 o'clock in the morning. Pilots don't work at 9 o'clock in the morning. Doctors don't necessarily work at 9 o'clock in the morning. I know a whole lot of nurses. You could see them at home Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And on Thursday, you see them going. And they go, and then they come. They go, and then they come. But the fact that I don't have the same working hours that you have does not mean that I don't work. The ministry has different working hours from a regular. I, I don't have a desk. I don't have a computer. I don't have an office. My office was bent down by some people. Let's not start on that. I don't have anything. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't have papers. I don't have letters. I don't have anything. I'm just a pastor. I'm a shepherd. That's my work. You may not see me sitting in front of a computer. Computer is not the only thing that means work. The computer is the commonest symbol of an office. And many people feel that where there's no computer, there's no real office. And that without a, a computer, there, there's no, there's, the, the office is not working. Don't sit in front of computers. They sit in the cockpit. Nurses, doctors, bus drivers, they have their hours, taxi drivers. People have the different jobs. And we also, as pastors, we have our working hours. And the ministry has working hours. We have hours that we work. Anybody who has tried to follow me almost gets sick. If you try to stay close with me as I'm following, doing my work, you, 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 I work harder. I don't think there's anybody here who works harder than me. I'm serious. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have had to control myself in order to have it. In fact, in my house, I've had to disconnect telephones in order to have just three minutes, five minutes that I'm talking to either my wife or my children. Many pastors do things. You see, uh, the ministry work is like water. You assume it should be there till it's taken away. Then you realize how important it is to you. You know how it is with water? You don't value water. You value Coke. You value Fanta. Let them turn off the water. Use Coca-Cola to bath and see what will happen to you. Don't try using Coca-Cola to bath. Try using Fanta to have your bath. You see that it's not a simple thing. So, that is one. Another thing that makes work work is that it's regular. We are working regularly all the time. Sundays, Tuesdays, whatever. There are many things that are involved in running the ministry. Anybody who is intelligent will know that all these things that you see standing around do not just come up into existence by just somebody breathing in and out somewhere. A lot of hard work goes on in the ministry to make the ministry what it is. And it's regular. And it's repetitious. Anything that is regular and repetitious and that has working hours is work. Repetitious. You go to the office every Monday. You go to the same, you sit in your same car and you go to the same place, in the same bus, to the same office, to the same boss, to the same people, to the same whatever. And you are there. And you do the same things. I'm preaching to you. The same people. Last week, this week, Sunday, those who have been here during the week, 
I'm sure many of you were not here. How many were not around during the week? You were not able to make it for the convention. Give me a wave. Okay, most of you. Anyway, so you find I'll be here morning and evening preaching repetitiously the same thing. Do you know that? And many of the things that I preach, I've preached before. I know them. I am not struggling to preach that. I know what I'm doing. It's like a doctor. I've practiced medicine before, actively. You go to the same, and that's when I look at it, and I look at it, I say, oh, you know, I can do more things than, what, than this medicine. I'm created for something else than sharing uh, paracetamol to people. Amen. Are you listening to me? So it's repetitious. It's regular. Another thing is that you get tired. If it's work, you'll be tired. You will want to break off. I remember when Pastor Ko started working in the office, I told him, you know, brother, we are off on Mondays. He, he, you know, he, was, he had a mind that, you know, he was working in another. I said, brother, okay. He said, you want to work on, I said, you want to work on Mondays? Oh, feel free. Then he got sick. Then I said, brother, you need one day that you break. Because you don't know what we do. And our hours are different. Our hours are night and day and day and night and night and day and day. And people have problems. Things don't end. People don't have problems that start. My problem will start at 10. It will end at 11. No. It does, it's not like that. When the problems come and when situations come up, oh man, it's just there. There's nothing you can do about it. So it's regular. And you get tired. 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 Tiredness. So all these are signs of work. And that is why many church members prefer to just enjoy sitting in church and watching us preach to you on Sunday. And you don't have any inkling of what it is like to do the work of the ministry. Because all that you see of a church is just you sit there and you watch us preach to you. So you don't have the vaguest idea about what, when we say the work of, those who are shepherds and those who are involved, those of some people who stay around, you know, they get to have an idea of the feel of what the work is like because there are a lot of hard working hours which are repetitious, regular, involve time and have, we have our own kind of working hours. But I don't blame you if you think that we don't work. But that's why I'm sharing with you that the ministry is hard work, even as a lay person. And so God wants people to get up and move up. And you see, I don't blame you because all that you know is sitting in church on a nice Sunday morning. I used to do that myself. I remember when I was a child, I used to go to rich church. I mean, what, 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 what was church? You just go, you put on your nice clothes, and you go to church. You go to Sunday school, and I think Mrs. Ademola was my Sunday school teacher. And you go, you have a, a nice time, and you come back, you see your best friends, and, and you just go, and you come back. I mean, there's nothing about work in that. And you see the priest wearing his nice uh, magazine, and he's, he's speaking to you nicely, and so on. I mean, that doesn't look like work. That's not work. Because, you see, that's why Jesus said, the harvest is plenty. But the laborers, the workers, those who get tired, those who work and are tired, there are very few of them. The same people always in the choir. A lot of people who could be in the choir, you wouldn't even want to get involved in the choir and rehearse on a Saturday. No, Saturday, Saturday to come around for two, three hours is too much for you. Because you are a great person in the church who just wants to just enjoy us preaching to you. And that's why I don't blame you when you look at us and say that the ministry is not work. And I don't blame you when you, when you say that you stop working. Now, I don't blame you because you've never gotten involved. You don't, you don't have the vaguest idea of what it means to work in the ministry. When I went to Korea some years ago, I mean, I, I didn't know that. I, I, I always knew that we got to rest on Mondays. But when I got there, I found out it was Sunday evening. Actually, it was 14th May, I think 1994 or so. And uh, I went to the office. And it was around 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. Everybody was there. I said, what's happening here? I said, oh, we are here, we work. And I said, so I wanted to get some tapes and so on, videos and some tapes, you know, to buy. And I said, can we get them tomorrow? They said, oh, no, no. We, we come here at 6 o'clock in the morning and we go in the night. Mondays, nobody, there's only security men you can find here. 
Nobody works here on Monday. That's our day off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, the work is so stressful, I know several pastors who have getting to break down levels in ministry because of the hard work that is involved. So I, I, I don't blame you when you think that we don't work. Tell the person next to you, I, I don't blame you when, when you think they are not working because you, you wouldn't even join the choir, you know. You, 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 you ask people, can you be an usher in church? And then they, they look at you as though you, are, as, though, as though you are speaking Chinese and they speak English. You, you wouldn't even want to be an usher or an aquaba person and, and welcome people. I mean, there's, there's nothing you want to do in church. You just want to come and watch us and go away. Not that, you don't want to raise a finger. So I, 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 I don't blame you when you think that we don't work. In the middle. Do you understand why I don't blame you? Because you don't have any idea. Because you wouldn't even want to come for a rehearsal. You wouldn't even want to come for a meeting. A meeting you wouldn't even want to come to. So I, I don't blame you when you think we, we just rest, drink tea, and have a good time. But this church is poised and positioned to release workers and laborers. That's one of our roles in the body of Christ. To train people to work for God. To encourage people to, to, to go into the ministry. To train people to do God's will and to do God's work. Not just to sit around idling, idling, doodling, and dawdling doodling and dawdling and watch. No wonder you keep backsliding. No wonder, no wonder you still got a problem with fornication. No wonder you can't stop sleeping with different people. No wonder, no wonder it's going it's, it's to happen again. And no, no, no wonder you've got a problem with drinking and smoking. And no wonder, no wonder you, you've got a problem with lying and writing wrong things in your contracts. And no wonder you, you, you sometimes steal. And no wonder your marriage is the way it is. Because you are so far. Because you see, when you work, you are not idle. You don't have time to sin. Man, you are tired. The energy has been spent. The only thing left is to do is to, is to, is, is to sleep. The Bible says the sleep of a laboring man. It's very sweet. You can ask my wife. I'm one of the best sleepers in the world. She tells me she envies my sleep. Because I never think of tiredness till I, till I get home to when it's time to sleep. Sometimes I sit down. I'm watching television. As I'm, I've, I've come home, I sit down. And I'm asleep on the chair. She'll come and wake me up. Come, come to bed, come to bed. One time I was half asleep and I saw her smiling at me. Because he said, it's like I know this, I know his sleep. It's coming. When it comes, she says, she can count up to 45 and I'll be asleep. But, but you wouldn't want to do anything, isn't it? You, you wouldn't want to be involved in, let's say, cleaning the church or maybe helping to. No, because you are, you are great. You are blessed. I mean, you look so nice. How could somebody as nice as you come and help to sweep the church and to arrange the chairs or even to help to control the sound? Because you are, you are, you are such an important person and, and you are above. So I, I don't blame you when you think we don't work. I, I don't blame you at all because you are seeing me for 35 minutes and preaching and you'll be gone. That's all. That's all. And next week you see me here and you see me driving and say, and these pastors, look at the cars that they are driving. They are just enjoying and, and taking the people's money and using it to enjoy life. Look at this boy. If he was a doctor by now, would he be enjoying like that? That's why he's a pastor. Because he wants to chop money. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. One day I went somewhere and somebody was just standing there saying all sorts of But he didn't know Reverend Saki was standing behind him. Reverend Saki was tying his shoelaces behind the man. And, and the man saw me there and was talking about, yeah, look, at this, this, look at this guy. He says he's a pastor. If he was a doctor by now, would he be uh, doing this? Would he have this? Would he do this? And the man was talking. Talking. Would he be here? He was saying, would he be here? 
And Reverend Saki said, excuse me. Excuse me. And then, and then when he came, when I was standing somewhere, Reverend Saki came by and he came to talk to me. He told, he told me, I said, really? Let's go and see the man. So I, I asked the man, an elderly man, I asked the man, I said, a gentleman. You see, it's easy to talk about. So when you meet the person face to face, I said, I asked him, did you give me money to come here? Did you, did you, do you know where I got money before I came to stand where I'm standing? They said, you know, I really enjoy your radio program. I said, I'm not talking about your radio program. I said, did you give me money before I came to stand here? What do you mean? <laughs> you really enjoy my, my radio program. Your mouth like my radio program. <laughs> But I don't blame you. I don't blame you because, because you wouldn't even want to be in a choir. Even though you've got a good voice. Even though you used to sing before. You wouldn't want to do anything to help. Nothing. Nothing at all. I mean, you, you wouldn't want to join the prayer warriors. No, you just want to watch us. Look at Ephesians. Look at 2 Corinthians. Which one should I tell? Ephesians. We'll look at Second Corinthians, but let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, 4.11, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the gain of the ministry, for the pleasure of the ministry, for the, for the pastime of the ministry, for the hobby of the ministry. For the what? The work of the ministry. The ministry is work. It's work. But I, I, I don't blame you. Because you wouldn't even want to be a shepherd or even come to the Bible school that we have on Sunday afternoon to learn a little more and grow up. Even though we have these Bible schools, School of the Word, School of Apologetics, School of Solid Foundation, and all these schools, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to join. But you would like to join in Fancipim Old Boys Associate Mobile. Oh yeah, you have time for that. You have time to be an Akora, an old Achimota, or a, 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 a Kwehu Students Union. You have time for that. And, and Isaac and, and, and Gunsa and, and women's clubs and all sorts of things. There, you have time for all that. And Rotary clubs and all clubs and all kinds of things, but not for the church. Political parties, NPP youth, NDC uh, wing commander. You have time. I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Because you wouldn't want to. He says, he gave pastors, teachers, prophets to perfect the saints. I am, my job is not, my job is not even really the work, but my job is to perfect you to be able for that you can do the work of the ministry. So every idle Christian who keeps watching and watching and watching, you are idle, you are in trouble. When you get to heaven, you may, you may arrive there smiling. <laughs> Lord, Lord, I love you. Then suddenly you hear, pa, pa, pa. Two slaps. <laughs> I thought I was in heaven. Pa, 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 three more slaps. And you say, what have I done? 2,743 souls are in hell because of your quietness. Someone said, I want to witness with my life. My good life and my good behavior, it, 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 it wins more people than speaking. Oh, really? Then Jesus should have come to this world and been a good carpenter and a good boy and stayed at home and been a good apprentice and grown up. But he went out preaching. I don't hear you. I said he went out preaching. And he went out teaching. And he went out healing. Everywhere he went, he was doing good. I, 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 don't, I don't blame you when you yawn in church. No, I, I, don't, I, I don't blame you because, because you see, this is a place of uh, almost falling asleep. Let, let's come, this is our tradition. We, we, we are supposed to come to church. And, and some people even come to church just because of your children. You, you want your children to grow up in a church environment. So, so I, I don't blame you when you, you, you yawn in, in church and fall asleep. Because you are half asleep. You just managed to drag. Even as you are here, you are saying, you are lucky that I didn't come today. Some of you see me as an entertainer. You see me as an entertainer. Tell us some more jokes today. What is he going to say today? 
He want an entertainer. Go and see Kweku Sintimisa. He can entertain you live. He's very good. He'll tell you a story throughout and you'll be happy. Obra and all these other kind of things can entertain you. But here, we are here to work. Turn to, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. You, you, you wouldn't want to get involved in anything because you are great. <laughs> I don't blame you. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We then, as workers, we then as what? Players, gamblers, enjoyers, what? Workers, together, together, together. Did you see the word together? God wants us to work together. I can do nothing unless you are part of it. Because I'm not a pastor of fish. I'm a pastor of you. I'm not a pastor of some goat somewhere outside. I'm a pastor of you. You are my people whom God has given to me. And you've got to be involved one way or the other. That we then as workers together, there is work to be done. Beseech you that you receive not the grace of God in vain. The grace of God in this church, don't receive it in vain. There is a grace to train people to become pastors. One of the things that has surprised me in this church, do you know that we have such a big Bible school to train people to the ministry? Other churches are happy to involve us. They have asked us to train lay people in their church to become ministers. So far, three churches and more churches are asking us to release our pastors to train them. Charismatic evangelistic ministry in Lagos, one of the largest churches in the city, Gospel Life, one of the largest churches with a lot of branches all over, have asked us to train Christian Action Faith Ministry, have asked us to train their pastors, and all these places have even recognized how we have an anointing and the grace of God to train workers and to release workers and laborers. Should it be that you, in this church, the grace of God is here for certain things. Because we, we don't also have certain things. There are certain graces we don't have. Other churches have those graces. There are some graces in charismatic ministry, which Lighthouse doesn't have. There are some graces in Christian action that we don't have. There are graces in Central Gospel we don't have. Everybody has his particular grace. And the grace of God that is here is to train workers and laborers and people who work for God and to release them. So why would you be here and you not take part of the grace of God that is available? Rise out of your laziness, my dear sister. Rise out of your laziness. Rise out of your laziness, my brother. Come in and get involved. Approach one of the pastors. Say, listen, I want to do something. I want to be involved. I want to be a shepherd. I want to be a worker. What does it involve? You say church planting. You say leadership international. You say workers. How can I be? What can I do? What should I do? If you want to do it, you can do it. And as you do it, you are preparing. And I'm telling you, mark it. One day, it will happen like this. One day. I can remember clearly in 1982, I went to the medical school. In 1983, uh, we went for some lecture in the Kolebu place, anatomy. That was our first experience. The first lecture... I've never written so many notes. You know, an exercise book, about half of the exercise book, almost the whole exercise book was gone in one lecture. I was sitting by my friend. I said, Carol, can we stay in this place? She said, no, we can't. I said, can we last from 1982 to 1989? Seven years. Do you think we can survive? She said, we can't survive. Let's go. I said, I think we should also leave. Let's leave. It looked so far. It looked too long. It looked impossible. It looked like it would never come. But it has come. It has passed. And now it is almost 20 years since I went to medical school. 20 years. One day we will be in heaven like that. When I, when I see you, I say, shall I give me five? Then we'll be moving on. Streets of gold. You say, hey! When we were in Collegono, when we were preaching, we thought, it's far away. It will never come. But soon and very soon, You'll be standing. Some of you will stand quicker than others. Anybody who goes first has just gone first to prepare the way. 
to help because Jesus is building a mansion. He's there today, they are working. They are preparing mansions. When they need more workers, they call for us and we join them. <laughs> Come on now. And one day, just like it was, seven years went like that. Some of you think it's going to be 40 years. In 40 years' time, I'll go to heaven. 30 years' time, I'll go to heaven. Some of you think 20 years, something 10 years, something five, nobody knows. But one day, suddenly, you find yourself, whoom! Not in, the white, in front of the white throne, but the judgment seat of Christ. They are two different things. And you will be assessed after church. Go to the bookshop and buy this book. There's a book there called The Vision. The Vision. This man, he went to heaven and he, he saw one of the Christians who was doing nothing in the church. Oh man, the guy said, look, it's one of the most terrible mistakes as a Christian to make that you come into Christ and you do nothing. It's one of the most, he said that when I came here, I was so surprised. But you have me talking to you like this. So your judgment will even be more. But I see you being released as a worker, as somebody who participates. Join us. When you join me, you won't criticize me again. No, I tell you, when you start to work with me, you will love me. You will say, hey, man, man. You will tell me, give me files, give me cabinets, but I don't want to work with people. You will tell me, I didn't know it was so difficult to work with people. You tell me, I, 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 I never imagined. You must have been through a lot. People criticize me now, and, and you, you, you look and you say, there must be, there's no smoke without fire. There, there must be smoke, there must be a, a fire with, before there's smoke. There's no smoke without fire. Is that not? There's no smoke without fire. But I've seen smoke without fire before. Yeah. One day, you will find yourself in heaven. And some of you will walk in shame. <laughs> I was working for an NDC youth committee. <laughs> Maybe by that time they've even dissolved NDC in Ghana. <laughs> then I transferred to MPP youth. <laughs> it was even worse. <laughs> Gunsa, Isaac, students' unions, old boys, friends of the earth. What club? Kindness club. Wildlife yeah, prevention, whatever, Greenpeace. All girls of uh, Ola Secondary. Airway Students Association of University of Ghana. <laughs> Ghana German Friendship Corporation. And you will get into heaven. You say, I'm Ghana German. German, Ghana German Friendship. But there are some of you, when you arrive in heaven, there will be cheers and shouts. Hands will be lifted up. Hats will be thrown into the air. And they'll be clapping and clapping and clapping and clapping. And the Lord Jesus himself will stand up and straight out his hand and say, well done. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Good and faithful. Well done. Well done. With the little you knew and the little opportunity you had, well done. They clap for you. You hear clap, shouting, cheers. Well done. You did something. I can hear those shouts. I can hear those cheers. And one day, it will be real in your life. Let's close. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ this morning, Pastor, pray with me. I want to be born again. I don't know Jesus. Maybe somebody invited you to church. Pastor, pray with me. You're here like that. Lift up your right hand. I want to lead you to Jesus Christ this morning. If you die today or tomorrow, you don't know whether you go to heaven or hell. Pastor, please pray with me. Lift it up high. Don't think about anybody. God bless you. God bless you. Lift it up high. I see your hands. I see your hand. Lift it up high. God bless you. Pastor, I want to give my life to God. Somebody invited you to church, but deep down in your heart, you know you are far away from the Lord. 
If you've lifted up your hand, come to me in the front. Come from the back. Come from wherever you are. Just come all the way here. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to the Lord. Surrender all, all to Jesus, all to Thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all, all to Jesus, all to Jesus. Let's all sing this song and surrender our lives to Him today. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence. Lifting every hand to the Lord. I surrender all. I surrender all. again I surrender all our lives to him I surrender all I surrender all I surrender all to Jesus Jesus all to thee my blessed this prayer Lord Jesus forgive me for my sins I realize that I don't know you please accept me as your servant as your worker as your child from today I will serve you and I will follow you so help me God in Jesus name amen hallelujah God bless you I want you to go with our pastor so you're the one with me too all right God bless you. Now all of us, I want to just pray for you. How many want to be workers for the Lord? How many want to take advantage of the grace of God in the church? Lift your hand and let me pray with you. Father, we surrender all today as we lift our hands that we will not be just workers. I mean, no, we will not be just lazing people around, just watching, criticizing, commentating. But Lord, we become workers. Today we surrender all. Today we surrender all. We surrender all as a church. Have mercy on us and lead us into fruitfulness like never before. In Jesus' name. I surrender all. I surrender all. I surrender all. Oh. This is my desire. This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart. My heart, give you all I have within me. I give you praise. All I have within I give you praise, Lord I give you praise, Lord All that I adore is in you Lord, I give you my heart I give you my soul Lord, I give will live for you alone. Live for you alone. Every day. Every day.
breath that I Every moment. Every moment I'm away. Lord, I'm your way. Lord, I'm your Lord, I give you my heart. I give you, I give you my soul. Yeah. I'll live for you alone. I'll live for you alone. Every breath. Every breath that I take. Every moment. This is my desire. Sing it for the last time. This is my desire to honor you. Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. All I have within me, I give you praise. All I have within me. Praise you for the release of workers and laborers in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.